You are now tuned in to Music, Men, and My Mental with your host, C. Devone, attacking all things career, relationship, and your overall health. Let's get to it. Let's start the show. Okay, thank you for tuning in to Music, Men, and My Mental. I am your host, C. Devone, and it's another day, another podcast, and we're talking about all things in your career, relationship, and overall health. So, um, you know, I'm all about giving you guys a little bit of homework. The last one was about just having one meaningful conversation with someone. Just pick anyone opposed to the normal, how are you doing? Maybe just have something a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. So for this week's homework, it's kind of the homework like all the time, but this is really it. To just find that one thing that's been bothering you in your career relationships and overall health, look at it head on. Like for me, I had some really critical, critical um, financial stuff to look over and it overwhelms you because half the time we do not take um we do not focus on things and we do not want to be involved in things that make us uncomfortable, right? We want to just walk away from it and to, until it gets to the critical point. <laughs> so that one thing that you have just been avoiding, whether it's a doctor's visit, whether it's calling the IRS, <laughs> whether it's, you know, reaching out to um, a loved one that you just don't, you know, you just don't vibe with, you just don't talk to, just do that. Or just look at it for five minutes and just give it a little bit of energy. Even if it does not make you feel good, just it's a step towards the progress of it getting better. So that's the homework uh, for me. I definitely just opened all my mail because I am such a bad person at opening all the mail and making sure I'm going through each one, calling people back that I need to call in regards to health insurance, things like that. So that's my homework so stop avoiding it, even if it's a yoga class, because you know I love yoga. So anyway, let's get right into the podcast. I want to dive right into it because this is super important. We have a special guest, a bison, a career coach, an author, a PR expert, and her name is Meredith Moore Crosby. I know her as Meredith Moore because she is my bison sister. We went to Howard University together, you know, and um, she has a book called Getting Unstuck. Let, let that resonate. <laughs> Getting Unstuck. I feel like we could just end the podcast right there because if I, you know, I, how many times have we felt stuck in something, you know? So, um, let's just dive right into it. Introduce yourself. Hi, thank you. That was such a lovely introduction. I'm so glad to be here. I'm Meredith and getting unstuck, a guide to moving your career forward is really my gift to everybody who ever believed in me because I think our value is sharing what we've learned. So I'm glad to be here to talk about it. Yes, yes, yes. So I really wanted to um, go through the book and then also see how we can use it in our career, relationships, and overall health. Because we can just go through, um, within a five-minute conversation, especially with women, how are you doing? If we are, if we do feel like sharing, we're like, 
My job kind of sucks. I can't find a good man. And I just gained a, I just gained, I've been gaining weight, girl. Career, relationships, and overall health. When people feel really stuck, like I just cannot lose the weight or, you know, I just have not been feeling balanced mentally or, you know what? I just keep dating the wrong type of people or, you know what? I've been at this job for 15 years and I just, I hate it. I really mm-hmm. hate it. I have people who like work in dentistry. I hate teeth, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, why you, why are you doing that? So let's just start with how the book came about first. Sure. So for me, I had a career that I really loved at the time. And then as my life started to change, what I discovered was that my career didn't fit with the life I wanted. So one of the examples in the book is when I was pregnant, I was leading a global team and was responsible for traveling a lot. And during the course of traveling to Brazil, I actually started to bleed on the plane in the midst of like an eight hour flight and had to just take that time to really realize I had participated in putting myself in a situation where Mm -hmm. you're going into a country without the resources that you need because I was thinking more about my career than my life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we, when we start to feel overwhelmed, when we start to feel anxious, when we feel undervalued, when we're feeling that stress in our lives, it's very easy to compartmentalize it and say, oh, it's just this relationship. Oh, it's just this job. Oh, it's just my health. But it's all of it. And It's how we feel about all of it and that intentionality. And so I put together the questions that I kind of uh, curated in talking to experts and talking to executives who were in the C-suite and had thriving and fulfilling lives. I was always fascinated by how do you find this balance when we have so many examples of people saying they're burned out and you know, I got to quit. I can't even do this anymore. So this, I wanted it to be short. It's only 115 pages Mm -hmm. because when you're stuck, I don't have time to read like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. I got to get help now. And so it's meant to be a guide that, that follows you through your life so that you are the one directing your career, not your employer. Mm. Yeah. That, that, that's really interesting. So Um, When you say bleeding, did you just think it was just a normal, like, situation? Oh, you knew. Mm -mm. I was three months. And so, you know, in the first trimester, they tell you. Okay, so you were pregnant. Yeah. Okay, got you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was three months pregnant. I had not told my boss. Um, And so I was on this flight with Mm -hmm. nobody knowing. My mom didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And I had to reflect on those decisions of, do I wish I would have said something? Because now it's going to be a whole nother level of a conversation of Mm. why didn't you tell me before? Mm -hmm. And why was this so important? And I had to sit there in that silence because, you know, on a plane, you can't talk to anybody. Mm. So all you can do is talk to God about why did I make these decisions? Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was why it happened then. And even in Brazil, I couldn't call home. I didn't have anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I had to take that time to really own how I got here, Mm -hmm. man. So you made this decision. Gotcha. You have to own this outcome. Gotcha. All right. So let's just dive right into the career because a lot of the book, focuses on careers, but you can also use it in, you know, in all facets of your life. But, um, what are some of the tools that you go through 
as far as getting unstuck in your career. And what what is the definition of unstuck? Because that could be subjective. It can be being in one place for a long time, or it could just feel like, I don't even know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just feel so, I mean, how many times have we said, I'm so stuck because you have so many things going on and you don't really know, like, what you really want to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I define unstuck as being separated from your purpose or your promise. So anytime you find yourself I feel like it's different if I've been in a role for a long time and I'm happy going there and that allows me to live the life I want. We can't get caught up into the titles or the tenure or even the salary. If that facilitates what you need in your life, life changes. That's okay. But if you're in a place where you can see the next step, but you don't know how to take it, that can be a very painful place, Mm -hmm. right? So having those tools is critical. And it all starts with you and defining what it is you want. So in the book, I put together the tools that I used when I was working for these major employers. And my responsibility was to go around the globe and understand, even when you set public goals to say, we want to advance so many women, so many people of color, so many people of difference. Why is it that we still can't achieve the numbers? Why is it you still can't get people to apply, Mm -hmm. to get hired? And so it came down to really five areas. The first one was time management. Mm -hmm. Very often we say like, oh, I want to be an executive. Well, do you have the time to do what it takes to be an executive? Do you know how to manage your time like that so you can really prioritize what's most important? Mm. Our resources, very often people do not unlock the power of your alumni network, your education. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many people who are offering to mentor, sponsor, or advise us, but we're often so suspicious Mm -hmm. that we're like, get out of my business. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. to your point of when somebody comes up to you and says, how are you doing? You're like, I'm fine. Because you don't want somebody to know I'm struggling here. Right, right, right. right. And you don't even necessarily know, is this somebody who can make a difference? Mm -hmm. So the next one is innovation and just thinking differently about how you can communicate with people, what what skills and gifts you have. And very often we get so stuck. So I started out in finance. When I started to get opportunities in retail, I was like, well, I can't do that. I've been in finance. Mm-hmm. Right. So thinking differently about how you can shift into other areas, how mm-hmm. your skills can be applied to help others. And that leads to your beliefs. Right. We are the only ones to stop ourselves. So that imposter syndrome that tells us, don't apply for that. You're not ready for that. You can't do that. And then the last one is E, evolving and giving yourself the grace that every day is a new day. Every day you can have a new dream. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. But how you prioritize that, how you are able to actually change your life to be able to achieve that goal, Mm -hmm. that makes all the difference. So altogether, it's tribe. And it's what I remember every day when I do my meditation. Tribe. Tribe. That not only do you need the people to support you and to believe in your goals, but it starts with you and going through those steps every day to make sure that you are showing up for yourself. I love that. That is really that is really amazing. So let's give an example mm-hmm. of uh, being uh, uh, you know stuck because I guess the point is to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. So you must be stuck. So for instance, um, we have um, Sally from the Bronx. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sally from the Bronx, <laughs> and she has worked as a, a receptionist for so long, and. She wants to be um, a real estate agent. Um, 
or a real estate uh, investor. She wants to work in real estate some way, somehow. But something like real estate is is tricky because if you have factors like kids, uh, you know, maybe um, family, um, it does take a lot of time. And you know, the one thing about real estate is that if you do not have the time, most people just do not do it anymore because they don't bear a lot of the fruit very fast. It just takes a lot of time. And then it doesn't take, you know, when the money does come, it's so far (laughs) from, you know, the amount of time that you put into it. So what do you say as far as something like that? Like, how do you get unstuck or it doesn't even, doesn't even start with that vision. It starts with something totally else. Like what, what would you say for a person like that as a career coach, as this author of this amazing book, what would you, um, start this person off to get from a to Z? Yeah, the first thing is to be okay with where you are today. You know, if you beat yourself up in the beginning, you're less likely to get to the finish line. So being comfortable with that, you're an awesome receptionist. And starting with what are the skills and the strengths that you're demonstrating in that role that are relevant to what you want to do next, right? Mm. So in this example, you're obviously very well organized. You're probably detailed. You work well with others. You know how to manage administrative duties. A lot of that sounds like what a realtor does, right? I got to set up showings. I got to show up, things like that. So starting with your strengths, right? Very often. This is assuming that this person is <laughs> a good something. And, and, yes. that, and that, that, it, that hit on, you know, hit it right on the nail because you said, you know, I am a good receptionist because how many times do we just get so uh, disgruntled and so just nasty? Like, like, let's just get point blank. Like, you know what? I hate this job. So we do not show up Mm -hmm. and we are just, and then we are a bad receptionist. Yes. There was a point where I loved event planning and I still do. It's something that I think I'm naturally good at. But there was a point where I wanted to leave this job so bad Mm -hmm. that I just became not necessarily a bad um, event planner, but just a bad person to work around because I was angry and I was upset. And the first thing that came out my mouth was, no, you could say hello. And I would be like, no, no, I just didn't want to talk to you, you know? So that's something that I think is, um, you know, you, that's point one for you now, but mm-hmm. point zero zero is like, once you said, okay, you know, evaluate yourself and mm-hmm. what you do, I'm good. You first have to be good at yes. what you currently are yes. doing to appreciate and accept, right? Right. <laughs> you have to be performing at a level because I think what we forget very often is that you cannot do anything by yourself. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Somebody has to hire you. They're going to ask people about your performance. So if you know that you're not showing up at work, that's where you have to start. You know, we used to tell people the best way to get the next job is to do your current job. Like there's no way somebody's gonna hire you. There it and, is. Yeah, and be like, oh, she didn't do her job last, but she'll do it here. No, that's right. not a thing. Dang, that's that not bars. A okay, that not a thing. Th- that is it right there. Thank you guys mm-hmm. for tuning in. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that. Uh huh. The next thing I would say is that you have to do research. So really looking at again. So my other art would be reconnect. You know a realtor. Whatever it is you want to do, there is somebody either in your social media network or in your in real life network that does that. Talk to them. Ask them. Tell them about what is happening in your current role that has made you turn off. 
and make sure that you're not going to experience that same thing in your next role. The goal is to make your next move the best move, Mm. right? You should not be making moves that do not advance you. There's, I don't see a point in that. If there's not a skill or a value to you showing up, how long are you going to show up as your best self? Mm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to participate in that. And then the next thing is you got to put a timeline on it. Like Mm. I, I really get frustrated when people will say like, I've had this dream and I've been thinking about, okay, but what is the action? What are you going to do about it? Right. Mm. Because again, stuck is when you're separated from your purpose or your promise. Purpose and promise. Write it down, guys. Purpose and promise. Put it, put it on a sticky and put it on the bathroom if you need purpose and promise every day. Wow. Yes. And if you don't know what it is, that should be your priority. Don't don't worry oh, about. Oh, we just popping the peas around here. It's alliteration. H <laughs> U. Right? <laughs> I mean, if you don't have that, whatever age you are, if you really think about it, I love watching these like sports documentaries. But everybody who has been successful in life mm-hmm. figured out what it is they're good at. Mm-hmm. They figured out what they want to do. So don't get focused on what's the title of the job, what's the culture, what's the salary. People getting all these things. The first thing is, what is it that you want to do? Mm-hmm. What is it that you do well? Okay, now where can you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, sidebar. So <laughs> I, I really like that because it, it brought me to a story that, um, you know, Meredith had got me on the phone and she was, uh, we were trying to work together on some things and we didn't really necessarily know how we were going to work together, but she put together some questions and you extracted it as soon as you said it right now. And you were like, you know, well, what are you good at? And then she put me on a phone with my, my partner, Mr. New Hyde Media, who's responsible for all the things for this podcast from the cameras, audio, etc. So when things look bad, you just tell him this. Okay. <laughs> um, and she had us on the phone and she said, um, let's just get to know each other in a better way. And she asked him, what, what makes crystal unique? Oh, you know, sorry. If you don't know what the C and C the bone stands for, it's crystal. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> My government, ew, don't show up to where I live. <laughs> um, she's like, well, what makes her unique? Like, what are three things that are, you know, are, are about her? Maybe I'm saying it wrong. And it was something that was so interesting because I, I wasn't prepped for that. And I'm always like, you didn't prep me. I don't you know. <laughs> and she asked him off guard and he said he's a man of very little words. And he just naturally said, Crystal gets people excited. Mm. Whether she executes the actual task or not, she can rile up people and get them excited about a pen. And that's something that, you know, is unique about her. And I was like, I almost like cried because I was like, oh, I get people hyped Mm -hmm. all the time for the dumbest shit. Like (laughs) I actually laughed yesterday. A girl came up to me and she said, I went to Howard University and um, I was oh, me too. I don't know if I want to go to homecoming this year. I lie to you not. She booked her plane ticket within five minutes of that conversation and her hotel turned out knows this person and this person and it was she was like and and another guy came over and we were saying Ew! and we were doing all this and he was like wait i'm going to homecoming and it was a domino effect yeah. because but that's it right there mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know and, and maybe people is that part of the tools to ask people mm-hmm. like but well, off the you know maybe asking a, a third party person to say hey can someone call you and ask you just offline like 
what makes me me. I don't know. Yeah. Is that part or of even it? I tell people all the time, just pay attention to what do people thank you for? Like, how often do we not pay attention? All the people all the time say, thank you. You really helped me get clear about what I want. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't even realize. Like you said, I just ask questions for my own clarity. But in that process, you're helping somebody else fine tune what it is they want. So just pay attention to what are people thanking you for? And don't try to attach that to a job responsibility. Right. Ooh. Because where does get hype show up? But how does that make you? Uh, an asset to a team that's huge mm -hmm. somebody's gonna get you hype at the 8 30 meeting about budgets Ooh, i mm -hmm. want that mm -hmm. right so how do you even include that when you introduce yourself to people like hey i'm crystal i get people hype right that's an elevator speech right <laughs> yeah i get people hype yeah because i want to know I more right mm -hmm. yeah how do you do that crystal well you know mm -hmm. this isn't this okay we got that we got the two so what was the acronym again tribe tribe yep Time, resources, innovation, beliefs, and evolution. Tribe. Got you for a career. And do you recommend people getting a career coach? I Well, as a career coach, I sure do. Mm -hmm. But you have to do it at the right point. So what I find are that clients really come to me at two points. One is when their organization is shifting and they realize that a change is going to come, whether they want it or not. And so they want to have ownership over that. They don't want to uh, make a move that's going to take them backwards or is going to cause them more stress or worse than that, stay somewhere they're unhappy because they're afraid of doing the work to do something different. Mm -hmm. The other side comes when people go through a life transition. Mm -hmm. You become a mom, you move to a new city, you decide you want to go into a new industry, and you don't have the steps to really understand how do you transfer your skills or your experience and reposition yourself to do something different. Uh, so I love both of them because they both start with the individual realizing, I want to do something new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with the career coach, you just give them the strategy to get to the next level or do you like help them with the resume um, um interviewing skills or yes. you know you give them people to contact like yes what? okay so we go through the whole tribe methodology so it starts with your day very often i have people say like oh i want to do this job and i want to travel 95 percent of the time i want to do all these things okay well when are you going to sleep like so we start mm -hmm. with that just on a basic level. How are you going to be successful and sustain that by thinking about your health, your spirituality and what makes you happy? Mm -hmm. Then we do an assessment that gives you a 45 page narrative about you. And I have to say, I love mine because when did you ever get a book like outside of when you were in preschool and they did those like Dear Meredith books? I've never had something that lets you read about what are your strengths, what are your blind spots, how do you communicate effectively, how do you how do you motivate others, and how do you like to be motivated, how do you manage people, mm -hmm. right? And sales, right? For a lot of us, we've never had an assessment to tell us how are you good at sales? Are you good at building relationships? Are you good at closing? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. But those are things that when you go into interview are very relevant. Mm -hmm. So we start with those in your strengths and then we go through not only interviewing skills, you know, clarifying what it is you want, what's the culture of the organization, researching that, right? And then actually building relationships with those people mm -hmm. so you can get that knowledge. If you are going for a management position, you should not be looking on the internet. That's not where you're going to find that. It's it's all relationships. Really? Those got jobs, you. somebody has that job by the time it's posted. 
It's posted because they have to post it, right? So you having that conversation, the organization knowing your skills and talents shapes the way that position is posted and how they look at you for that. And so with all of my clients, we go through salary negotiation, Mm -hmm. right? Across the board, women are underpaid. So Mm. getting really clear about what is that freedom number for you? What number, when they call you at two in the morning and tell you to bring your ass back to the office, you're going to be like, I will be there. Yes. That check cleared. I'm showing up. Right. Right. Because to your point where we get disgruntled is when we're not getting the resources to do what we wanted to Mm -hmm. when we decided to give you our time. I'm telling you. That is it. I need a a coach for everything. So (laughs) that's the career portion. So, you know, since I relationships, we get a little sticky. So I'm going to go to health because before the podcast started, you know, we just had a brief conversation and um, you said kind of how the book really, really got started. You, you, You mentioned about being on the plane, but the real actual title of Unstuck King because of the health. And, you know, when I say health on this podcast, it's mental health, Mm -hmm. it's physical health. You had a situation. So go into that story. And then also how this book kind of relates to getting unstuck in your actual health, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you write a book, you have to choose what stories out of your whole life you want to share which is like really hard because there's so many stories. But I've had a few times in my life where I got stuck with my health. I was telling Crystal I was temporarily blind for a while. Um, and then when I was pregnant with both of my sons, but with the second one especially, I had hyperemesis gravidium. So I was throwing up uh, between 15 to 25 times a day. And if anybody listening has it, it's um, debilitating. We don't recognize it in women. It's the same thing Kate Middleton had, and I had it before her, so really nobody cared. But I found myself passing out. I, I was pushing through it. I was an executive. I was responsible for a team and a very large budget. And so I didn't feel like I had permission to stop. And I want to pause there because so often we ask other people to give us permission to care about ourselves. To care about our own health, to care about our career and our lives. And that's what I was doing. And so um, it ended in uh, me passing out in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And somebody found me and said, you got to make better choices. And I decided that I would. And so I had to tell my job that I would have to go on short-term disability, which means um, a lot of things for different people. Uh, But what happened was that while I was on bed rest, I found that So many of my friends, especially my HEO alums, were calling me to say, I'm stuck in this job, Meredith. Can you help me? Can you introduce me to somebody? Can you do something? And I was getting really frustrated. I was getting really frustrated because I was physically stuck. I could not get out of the bed. I had a pump that was delivering the same medication they give to terminal cancer patients that was going directly into my stomach. Yeah, I had to put a needle in my stomach every day in order to deliver that because I couldn't keep anything down. And so... um, I decided right then and there that I was going to write this book because I didn't have enough young mothers that could be role models that I didn't have to give up what made me happy in order to have a child. And so getting unstuck was my way of helping anybody that I hadn't met yet so that they would have the same tools that the people I knew were calling me and asking me for. Wow. So. What is the the irony of that? You are 
stuck in people. I mean, that is that the purpose and promise right there? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was because people, even one of my friends, you know, when I was starting to feel better, was asking me about that. So similar to what I did to you, right? And she was like, well, it sounds like you're giving people career coaching, you know, because between McDonald's, 3M and Comcast, those are some of the largest employers in the world. So if you know how to get hired in advance there, that's a lot of people you can serve. Can we pause right there? Because she's, I mean, I called her the career coach and author and PR expert, but her resume. So I, I told her um, before we started the podcast, I was like, you know, she's like the first person to be an executive in like my <laughs> class at Howard. Like she was a VP, I said at 10, because like, and running and pushing these McDonald's, like, excuse me, the number one real estate in the <laughs> universe, not the US, universe, <laughs> like just under, were you like even 30 years old at? I was a director at 25. I'm the youngest director at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> like this girl was crushing it, you know? Mm. So when you are, we, we are speaking to royalty at the moment <laughs> and also just someone who really does understand what's inside, who has had a seat at the table, mm-hmm. you know? So um, as you, I'm sorry, getting back to this health situation. So you're at this point and you are actually just sick and you decide yeah to write this book. How did you get unstuck in your actual health? You took the time, you took the moments. What what did you do? I went through, so in the book I share a week of exploration and it literally are the questions uh, that I used to really understand, starting with my finances. Most of us are not going to work because we just like to work. That's called volunteering, right? When they don't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> so getting clear, I didn't even understand. I mean, I... I have had some incredible career moves that advanced me financially, but killed me spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right. How often do we do that? And so the week of exploration gives you the space to really do the research on how much money do I need to make spiritually? What where is my energy? Where am I aligned? What's going to make me feel good at the end of the day that I contributed to the world in a positive way? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what what are my health goals? What do I want to achieve? And am I really living that in my day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. So that week of exploration, very often we don't give ourselves five minutes to meditate, let alone a week. Mm -hmm. So the benefit of being stuck is that you likely don't have a really strong priority right now. So give yourself the space to make that priority you. Oh, I know. You like how we dropping up? Bars. Boom. (laughs) Bars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that that is, I mean, 100% as I share on the podcast, you know, dealing with my own health issues and we can go into that all day. And sometimes I don't, I will not make five minutes to call a doctor just to make an appointment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on with me? Like I was mentioning like this week I gained a just weight and I'm naturally uh, fairly small but this week I just started gaining weight and normally I'm like, maybe I just ate a lot, but we're not thinking maybe it's a, a fibroid issue, a thyroid issue. It could be so many things. So know? Crystal, let me pause you there though. <laughs> Cause the other extreme is catastrophizing, oh, which is something that I Jesus. did as well. Right. And I so like that word. I know so big. it does. <laughs> but what I would do is it would be like, so this is so funny. So I go between the two sides. So catastrophizing is like, there's a bump on the plane is going down. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you immediately go to the worst Danger. version. Right. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, when I was seeing double and then triple and not sleeping for three months, 
I just thought I was like really good at my job and I had a pseudo brain tumor and ended up having to go in and have all these medical interventions. So to your point, very often we get the signals from our health, but we ignore them. We focus our anxiety on something small because it's easier than focusing on the big thing that actually needs our attention. Wow. There we go. <laughs> that was, you summed up the health in, in you know, in short time than I thought. So <laughs> that's it right there. And it's very important because mm -hmm. as we talk about balancing this all out, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, it starts with you. There's right. no medical test that can really go inside and tell you how you feel. You have right. to connect with that. Mm -hmm. And then you the have doctor. to tell somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And keep telling them until they do something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Because many times, I mean, I when I used to go to the doctor all the time to the point where my insurance was like, you cannot go to this doctor anymore because we can't pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you've had at one point I had so much blood work mm -hmm. that they were like, all right, you paid for these lab results here because no one would tell me what was wrong. And it unfortunately, when I had really good health insurance at my corporate job was when the lady said, hmm you've got a hair on your chin. I think you should get that evaluated. I'm like, excuse me, maybe I just needed a wax or whatever. And it turns out, it turns out I had fibroids and cysts and PCO and all this stuff. And it's like, it's such a shame because mm -hmm. just not paying attention to my mm -hmm. body. Um, but yeah, that's nailed it on head. So what are the takeaways from there that we would say? <laughs> so from your health, it starts with you and getting in you. touch with your feelings gotcha. on a regular basis and then finding an action that you can take and really clarifying, am I making the main thing the main thing? Gotcha. Or am I distracting myself with something smaller Oof. because I'm afraid of what will happen if I really wow. move forward? Right? There you go. Yeah. That, that and really fear is it, right? Fear. Like everything yeah. you want is on the other side well, of fear. Well, that's what possibly a lot of the being stuck part is, mm -hmm. is, is fear. It's fear. Fear yeah. to move forward. Fear yeah. to not know what you're doing. Just yeah. fear and that. And that is, yes, mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. I have a bump. I am fear my time is going to be taken away from work or fear yeah. that, you know what, it is cancer. You know, like it's so many things yeah. attached to it. So yeah, there goes with that. Mm -hmm. Let's go into... The relationships. Yes. Because this can get. So you're married. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've been off the, I always say off the street for a little bit of a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can remember the days of being stuck in relationships. And, um, but relationships, I always say with this podcast, it's not just, you know, um, sexual relationships, mm -hmm. it's overall relationships. Being stuck with just like the networking process. Mm -hmm. Um, just communicating with family members, your children, feeling like you just can't attach yourself to people or just in general. But then there's the like, listen, girl, I can't get a man to save my life. I just feel like I'm stuck. <laughs> Let's just go into that right there. And um, just tools with getting unstuck in relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so much of how we get stuck in relationships is that we don't value our role in them. We're not clear about why we're there or what we bring. Oof. And so we ask the other person to define for us, Oof. right, <laughs> why this is worth our time. So I always tell people, regardless, I mean, I think especially now transitioning into being married, the relationship conversation continues. I mean, mm -hmm. so being really clear about what is your time worth? 
What are you willing to put up with? Where are you willing to give? And what is it that you need to receive in return to make that time valuable? Mm-hmm. Right? Because at the end of our, our lives, you know, you don't want to ask for a do-over. Oh, so make the right decision now. Don't waste time. You know, I when I got to Howard, uh, this guy gave me this book and I cannot remember the name of it, but the story was very simple. And it was that the universe will continue to bring the same person into your life until you learn the lesson that person came to teach you. Right. Wow. And in my life, you ready for the wow? What I have found is that it comes in people's names. Like I'll keep meeting people with the same name and it'll be the same challenge. And until I'm willing to really do the work on my part, right? Not their part. It's the same person with the same name that keeps coming back. The difference is me. So on the podcast, I have a joke that I don't date men with the letter R anymore. See? Yes. Because, and, and, and everyone's like, this is real. Speak. Okay. You know what? I can't wait to call Heather Romantini, who was on the show, and tell her because she's like, you're always trying to just say Mm-mm. it's something. And I said, That's every real. person with the R has given me grief. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, even though when it did give me the least amount of grief in that moment when mm-hmm. things were bad, I was like, oh my gosh. But you know, I could be dramatic. I'm a hopeless romantic, but it is true. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I like that. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going crazy on no. that. But you're paying attention. Mm. The universe is very intentional. It is only us as individuals that believe that we are smarter than the universe. We're not. Right. We're not. I, I will, you know, I, I talk about my relationships before in the uh, episode, like the D I never wanted mm. for depression. And I remember that when I, I thought I had the guy in my dreams, I moved to Phoenix, you know, and I was in love. And then after we broke up. Girl, I was dating every farm animal, lions, no. tigers, and bears. I was trying to kiss every frog because I was just so wanted to be married. Mm. And before I was 30, and it, it just was, it was a disaster. And I continuously kept dating the most, I mean, not, I don't want to be mean. They were just not right. They just were not good guys. And even yeah. though there was some in between that were great, they either had, you know, one was like super bipolar and the other, it was just like nothing was right. And I was just so willing to always tweak. Mm. Well, you know, he's great, but he just, yes. you know, he just needs a medication right. or, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having bipolar, um, a bipolar disorder. It was that he didn't identify that he was, and mm-hmm. it was truly hard to deal with him or the guy who just like had the wandering eye. And I was like, Maybe he just, it's just a cultural thing that he just has to always look at women and make me feel mm. uh, inadequate. <laughs> yes. Like I was just so willing to make excuses yeah. for everyone because after that last relationship, I opened myself up to saying, you know what? I just want to be open and just date yeah. everybody just to see, because I don't want to miss the opportunity for yeah. a good guy. Yes. What? Yeah. I had no standards. Yeah. And the universe kept saying, listen, and it just kept, it, it would transform mm-hmm. something. You know, it would be always the same thing, but it would just come in a different form yes. of fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and it was crazy because at one point I used to be the spokesperson for, there were so many great guys out here, guys, keep the hope alive, rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. And to, until my tune changed and 
they're trash, trash yeah. here, trash there. And you're so right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you shut up. No, it's a real thing. I mean, and I think it goes one of the ways that I see it show up now is right in the workplace. Now, after me, too, it's like more awkward when somebody's like, oh. hey, you're cute. No, OK, let's stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So having that clarification of what is it that I want? Some people that's motivating. I'm not. Hey, man, everybody live your life. Mm-hmm. Some people need to work with attractive people because, hey, I got to have some spark mm-hmm. to want to show up. Okay, that's fine. But if you're not clear about what your boundaries are, what are your intentions? Mm -hmm. What are you really sending to the universe Mm -hmm. when you say that I need that validation at work? I need somebody to say, hey, cutie. Okay, that's fine if that's what you need. Mm -hmm. But where are you defining for yourself? Mm -hmm. Like what is happening that this is what I want to have come back for me? Right. Right. And just checking in with that to say like, oh, I'm noticing like I'll I'll have different phases in my life where, again, you start to pay attention to what the universe is bringing to you Mm. and then thinking about, well, what did I do to have the universe send me this? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That universe, it'd be doing all types of trickery. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I know for me, um, I had a moment where I just was. You know, it was all types of bad relationships. And I said something. I was like, everybody is trash except mm-hmm. for these few people. And it was like my my stepdad, Jesus, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and that moment, it was so crazy. I started to see the most amazing men. Mm, yeah, it was like apps. You're at no, you're a lie. Yeah. That yeah. Cause I was so committed to that being my story. Yeah. Trash. Everybody, I'm so sick of these type of men. And I have the worst type of friends. And, th- and then I was like, oh my goodness, these people are right here. They may not have looked like the way I wanted them to look, you know, not necessarily like unattractive or anything, anything like that. But it just was a different form. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, or not realizing that I have the most amazing friends. It just, it was maybe quality over quantity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I guess it's a matter of a different lens. You yeah. Know? Is yeah. that it? Yeah. And the power of just your, your words, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so funny. You said trash. So like now I live in Minnesota. Everybody talks nice in Minnesota. Like that's so nice. It is. It is. They call it Minnesota nice, but it's very passive aggressive. Right. Oh yeah. So like this person uh, told me, oh, you know, in Minnesota, you think people agree with you because they nod and they smile, but it's Scandinavian. That just means that they heard you. It doesn't mm. mean they agree. And it's like, oh, that's like the complete opposite, right, of who I am. But one of the things that I discovered is that um, I was, I didn't hear things like, people are trash, you're trash. And one of my friends moved there from New York <laughs> and we were talking about something and she was like, don't be bothered with her, she's trash. And then a couple minutes later, I heard myself saying that to somebody else and I thought oh and they were like abomination well yeah not only were they like damn that's that's terrible but then I thought to myself I don't ever want to believe that anybody in this world is worth throwing away Mm. I don't ever want to believe that I want to believe that everybody is here for a divine purpose and maybe I'm not the one to help you unlock it Mm -hmm. but I found myself when I was thinking well if they can be trash I can be trash too right and that to me was Listen, like, you, damn. You, put it, you nailed it on the head. Right. Because I was having a conversation late last night and we were talking about like these, a group of women 
talking about another relationship, right? So they're in this corner um, at a restaurant or on a trip and they're looking at this one girl and they're like, man, look, this relationship is so put together because da, 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 and we cannot find a good man. There are just so many awful men out there. Da, 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 da. And the guy comes over and he says, well, what do you bring mm-hmm. to the table that makes you such a, a great catch or maybe not finding a good man? And he said that these women attacked him because <laughs> they were like, you don't know my story. Mm. And it was like, that 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 was just so real because yeah. sometimes we are so caught up in and I know for my a lot of my friends who are just so attractive and they're making money and they got the great apartment and car and most people who are identified with a lot of um their resume as being who they are. So whether they're in great organizations mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. Jack and Jill or Greek or um whatever makes them uh yeah. A, a great person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're like, this is what I have, but they don't realize that they cut people off. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're super mean. Um, you know, they're basing everything off of, well, cause I, I'm so beautiful. And the moment I stopped telling myself for me, I'm popping, I'm popping. Mm-hmm. I used to always say, mm-hmm. girl, I'm popping. I used to tell my therapist, girl, I'm popping. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have low self-esteem because I am popping. And so I realized how the lack of confidence I had, mm. the how mean I was to some guys because maybe I didn't think that they were popping. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. self-evaluation. Yeah. Um, but the words have so much power and the universe will tell you, yeah, maybe you are trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you brought up a good point there, which is. I am one of those people who my mom calls me a joiner. Like I'm, a, I'm an AK. I'm a, in the links. I'm in Jack and Jill. It's mm-hmm. too much stuff. And when people start to define yourself by mm. your partnerships, whether that's your spouse, that's your corporate partner, your employer, your clients, anytime you let somebody else define you, what your strengths are, what your abilities are, you're gonna find yourself stuck because you've already separated yourself from your promise. Right. Mm. Which is that you get to clarify for yourself your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you put too much on, well, I'm this. So that means that doesn't actually add any value. I could just go partner with them directly. Mm. But what is it that you bring to that partnership? Right. Right. So how do we actually answer that? Because I can say what I, I think I bring and maybe they would be just as. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, narcissistic as you know the next person but like what are some things you should bring to the relationship I mean everything's subjective but is it like I have an open ear I don't know what what, what would you say are like three good things or maybe you can say for you personally you're yeah. married and I feel I mean what do you think that you bring mm-hmm. to a relationship just Oof. off the strength right well then you're gonna have to have my husband on the podcast right okay probably Where'd say you something at? different right <laughs> but you know i think the thing that i see across the board and even for myself that i took a long time to do uh are to identify and define your values hmm. what is it that that is important to you like i didn't realize growing up education is a critical value to me if you tell me i cannot learn in any environment I'm going to reject that. I'm going to rebel, right? Communications is a value for me. If you tell me I can't speak or write to other people, that's important, right? So getting clear for yourself, what are those values? Because to your point, when I was dating, I would find myself like, I'm very spiritual. I believe in Jesus. You don't. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, we can get over that. No, we can't. Oh, 
We cannot. Yes, that that's a real one. I definitely yeah. have that. I am not a missionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not my purpose. Mm-hmm. Again, that's not my purpose in life is to convince you to see God working in your life. Mm-hmm. That's not my role. Mm-hmm. But very often we put ourselves in that position. I think the other thing that you have to get clear about is your patience. Mm. We don't, I struggle with patience, but nobody, including yourself, um, is going to get it right the first time. Right. And so just giving yourself that grace in a relationship. But if you start with aligned values, it's a lot easier to be patient because we both know we're on the same train going east. Mm-hmm. But if we're on two different tracks, being patient is just going to put us further apart. Those trains are going to get further and further away from each other, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more painful. Because you can feel that. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all been in relationships where you can feel that we're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. And very often it starts with, we didn't even know what book we were reading. Man, listen. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and just some points, it's like, and sometimes you get so thirsty. We, don't get, we haven't even talked about that. You get so thirsty mm-hmm. to just want to be in that relationship in order to check off yeah. the career, the relationships, the overall health. Okay, I look fine. I weighed myself in. Check, because I'm yeah. 130 pounds. Opposed to like, I feel like shit. Yeah. It's on, I haven't ate in a week. Yeah. Or I got this job because now I'm a VP of this organization, but I hate this job. It mm-hmm. debilitates me half the time. And now I've got a man. Check. Yeah. I'm happy. Nah, sis. That right. ain't it. No. And the best advice I got was that you don't pick the partner for the good days. You pick the partner for the bad days. The well, worst days. That solves that. Thank you for tuning in. That's yeah. really, that, That's that it. is a gem. And for me, I was at a point where um, I was really trying to figure out, it felt like I could do it by myself. So it was like, well, maybe you just need somebody just to go along with your plan. Ooh. And when I took the time to really realize, like, there are going to be times when your plan doesn't work out. And do you have a partner that is going to support you when you are down on the floor? Which we all get there, right? My therapist says, we don't have breakdowns, we have breakthroughs. So mm-hmm. I'll drop that one for everybody. Your words are powerful. You, we don't have breakdowns. It's a breakthrough. You've hit the bottom, believe this is the floor. But when you're on the floor, who's going to help you pick you up and not kick you while you're down? Wow. Or laugh, right? Or enjoy. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. just, you know, I told you. I don't need that in my life. I told me, like, I have the most negative, critical voice. I don't need yours. Mm -hmm. I need people around me who are going to say, you can do this. I believe in you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to breathe for you when you can't breathe for yourself. That's what a partner is supposed to do. On top of the fact, we often forget your partner legally has that responsibility, right? Right. So why are you going to marry somebody who doesn't have- in front of God, you know? Right? (laughs) Right? But, like, why would you invest in somebody if you don't believe that they believe in you? Wow. Right. But we do it every day. That is. And and that goes across because I thought about my best friend. And I, I mean, I speak to this girl I mean, a million times a day. Literally, as Meredith walks in, I'm like on the phone with her at 830 in the morning, which y'all know I do not like 830 in the morning at all. Um, and when we were in Croatia, um, everyone knows I had no luggage for about four days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of my cards are not working. Like, <laughs> I have to get cash apps, all these things. I'm Everything is just going like completely wrong. But the mo- at the relation of the moment that I'm in Croatia, this is great. 
And I'm like, I'm never going to find my luggage. And I'm delusional. I think my Chanel bag is in my Toomey luggage. And I'm oh, I'm just name dropping my Louboutins are in there. I did not pack my Louboutins. <laughs> I did not pack my Chanel bag. But my head, it's all in there. And I lost it. I'm never going to get it back. And that's my first piece of yeah. Toomey luggage. And I'm just sounding like a stupid, I'm just sound like a pure bitch. And um, she's like, listen. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray. You're going to get it. And I'm just like, girl, no, we're not. And, then, and I can afford to get And she's just like, we're in Croatia, girl. We're going to, you know, and she, yeah. I'm going to buy you some water. So she bought me some water shoes. She bought me a, so eventually when I got the luggage back, I have two of everything. And she just was just so calming because how many times, I mean, to be on a trip and to be in Croatia mm-hmm. and, not, and not in a hotel, we're on a boat. So like we when I say you talk about being unstuck, I am stuck. Yeah. You know, where that my luggage had to physically get on two ships because one boat broke down. Oh jeez. Yes, a boat <laughs> broke down. And and then also they said, Oh, we have your luggage. And they sent me a photo of someone else's, else's luggage. luggage. Oh girl, my gosh. I was I was floored. <laughs> so it goes to show, like, yes, when you have those critical moments you do mm-hmm. need those people around you and know who to call yeah. we don't need yes men that's right. that's because i do have a very very close friend and she's so beautiful and she's so loving and she's always you're so beautiful you're so kind i love you and i'm like i know when i need a little you know coddling that's the person to yeah. call yeah yeah but i need a person to say girl get it together you're gonna be okay like even literally as this moment was moment i was talking about you know the, the show when I was going into my career relationships, overall health. And I was like, you know what? Da, 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 about this and finances. And she's like, girl, you're doing really good. And maybe that's that one thing that doesn't feel good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're upset about some financial stuff, but like, you're really, you're really doing good. And I think that this, you're going to be over this in a minute. And I was like, Oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you you do yeah. need someone to be able to talk to that mm-hmm. negative voice. Yeah. Maybe have a little conversation mm-hmm. and they meet halfway because there are so many people that can how many times have you been around another person that can talk to that voice? They mm-hmm. they, they don't even know that they're talking to it. Right. And they're just they're the hype man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bitch yeah. girl, you getting fat, fat girl. Yeah, remember in college, you used to be so cute. You used to back all the guys. Wow. Right? <laughs> it's huge. And the first step is just to notice those negative thoughts, right? And to acknowledge them, that everybody has them. Everybody has imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. And you can look at different spiritual guides and they'll tell you different names for that voice. But what I have found to work really well is to just acknowledge that it's there and then to talk back to it with facts Mm -hmm. and ask yourself, do I have the experience that validates that fear? Right. Mm -hmm. And then to notice the blessings in there. So even this is what I believe is my gift is that I I hear the blessing in the story. So even in yours, all I heard was you came back with double. Mm hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything you had, you now have a second. Right. Of it. Right. Right. So the universe wanted you to have double. Ooh, now you or had to live go- on less. I, yes. I, I, yes. I, I truly, that 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 was actually and I'm actually going to do that um, as one of the topics because yeah. I had a carry on. And it's crazy because everyone, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I probably have a lot of <clears throat> excuse me. I have a lot of bikini photos because all I had in my carry on was a hot curler. 
<laughs> literally a hot curler no 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 shade no, right no products <laughs> as far as like gel and stuff because you know you're not gonna find eco gel in croatia um i had some bikinis and um maybe like one pair of one pair of shoes and i had like nothing else like and maybe like a couple pairs of underwear and so everyone kept saying, how, how are you getting by? Like, whatever. And when I had to say, I had to get double, like, toothbrush, all that stuff. But I was getting by. So, like, no one would ever notice that I yeah. did not have so many things. Yeah. So when it came time to work, because I was there to work, I had to, I was in the middle of the ocean. So it was a pool party. So mm-hmm. I had to only wear bikinis. I did not have to have formal yeah. dress and attire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I do have two things, but I was living off of... Nothing. So when my luggage came, I had this moment where I was like, why did I pack this right. much? And it was so heavy and it was in the middle because, you know, we're on a boat and I'm in the middle. My luggage is in the middle of the room and it's just taking up so much space to the mm. point where I'm about to travel and I'm like, I need to get this all in a carry on. Yeah. Because I do. I, I know I'm not going to wear mm. all of these, especially if you're going somewhere warm. Yeah. You yeah. Are not, you, you are not wearing heels. Let's just let's just right. stop it. If you're on a resort, or especially if it's an all-inclusive, yeah. If if you wear the cute flats, right. you are doing the most, right. you know. And then, ironically, when I got my luggage back and I put on my heels because I wanted to take some photos, the captain said, "No heels, please, yeah, because you're gonna puncture the wood. This is a new ship. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry they didn't tell you, but we didn't want to put um a sign up, but we asked everyone to not wear heels. We just rather communicate it. Yeah. So. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I got to live off of so much less and be so happy. Yeah. And my photos were still popping. Yes, they were. Because I was in all the bikinis. Yes. Neon so, and whatnot. Yes, neon and whatnot. <laughs> so it just goes to show, yes, the universe was saying, listen, yeah, you lived off of so much less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Meredith, you yeah. are just a gem. Yeah, everything you need. You everything, everything you are, you everything you need. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the career. We talked about the relationships. Yeah. We talked about your overall health. Mm-hmm. And getting unstuck. So where can I find the book and where can I find you? Yes. So you can find the book and you connect with me at gettingunstuckguide.com. The book is also available on Amazon, Apple, and Kindle books. Uh, but I would love to. I offer free uh, goal setting sessions. So for 15 minutes, you can take time out of your life and get some feedback from somebody else about what it is you want to do. And what are the steps that you can take to move forward? I love it. So um, are there any social media that we can find oh, you yes, on? Yes, mm-hmm. please. I'm at <laughs> Meredith M. Crosby on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm always super active on LinkedIn. Oh, look at that on LinkedIn. That's what you yes. know. She's professional. <laughs> <laughs> Look at our our early morning voices. We're like, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Meredith. I appreciate. Um, please get. I'm going to be reading this book on the plane. Like, I'm so excited because I want you guys to not be stuck and mm-hmm. to get unstuck. And thank you for sharing your story about health and relationships in your career so uh thank you guys for tuning in to music men and my mental i am c devone make sure you follow us on youtube instagram uh, maybe we should get on linkedin i'm gonna think about that <laughs> uh see you guys next time at music men and my mental and send us an email 
if you want to be on the show, if you want to send us um, just some feedback, we are, we're always listening, but follow us on Instagram and me as well at, at djcdevone.com. Huh, I'm so tired, at djcdevone. So uh, thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.